All right, welcome in another week of Locked On Syracuse. Happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. It's Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky. As always, we have you every single weekday here on Locked On Syracuse. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And as always, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box of Built Bar today. Got a really fun week planned for you guys. Tuesday and Wednesday, dropping a two-part chat tomorrow with Eric Devendorf, the Syracuse basketball legend. A great chat with him. Really got to learn some interesting stuff that I didn't even know about Devo. So be sure to check that out tomorrow. So Ty, some more Syracuse football recruiting news to jump into right off the start. A busy week. A couple linebackers commit, and we saw the Oranges go out. Kind of the tail end of last week, we get the official announcement of the players going to Twitter over the weekend. I gotta say, kind of a segue, but it it feels like we just always know before these, these guys are are tweeting out, which is kind of a bummer because it takes yeah, a little bit of the of fun shame. out of it in right. a weird way. But you want them to have their moment. And, I mean, I get what these guys are doing. They want to be, quote-unquote, first to every single story and, and get your scoops in. But, I mean, seriously, you can't hold off for these. I, th- that's kind of the way yeah. I feel. There, there's no public disservice of you holding back this news. Right. It's it's a high school kid. Let him have his moment for sure. You only commit to college once. Well, most most kids do. And we hope these two guys that Syracuse just got are in that category. Let's start with Austin Rune. He is now the highest rated recruit on Syracuse's 2021 commitment page. If you are going off 247sports.com, 85.6 overall, 801st nationally. Outside linebacker from Michigan, 6'4", 220. Seems like he's just kind of a tackling machine from watching his highlight tape. Pretty good offer sheet. I'd say the most notable offer is Arizona State. And I was actually looking into this because at first I figured, oh, he has a Tony White connection there. Based on 247sports.com, now maybe they're off here, but according to when he was offered on 247sports, they reported April 29th, which actually would have been after Tony White left Arizona State. So a little surprise. But that doesn't mean he didn't have his eye on yeah. him. So yeah, so maybe he, there's something there. Who knows? We, we'll probably never really know. Right. But I think there is. There has to be some sort of link. But for those thinking that the only reason Arizona State offered him is because of Tony White, well, that's not true because clearly they went ahead and offered him regardless. And he has the caliber of rankings that, honestly, his rankings maybe outweigh his offer sheet a little bit, but it's still early in, in both those regards. He's definitely a very exciting prospect, though. No doubt. And the interesting thing with him, too, is Malik Matthew, the other guy who committed from over the weekend, who we will get to later on in the show. But it looks like Rune was informed of Matthew's decision on Wednesday. So what did that do? It maybe pushed his timetable up because, listen, college football and and really all sports in college in general— it's a bidding war, and, and you may hear that and think, oh, it's only the, the team's quote-unquote bidding for these guys. In some cases, it's actual bidding, but that's a whole other story. However, it is a bidding war, but maybe not in the way that you think it is. It's more that these recruits, are they have to kind of get in line and, and buy their, not buy, but they have to pick up their, their scholarship, okay? Some of these things yeah. are first come, first serve. I, I know a great story comes out of Jay Cutler when he was talking about his Vanderbilt recruitment and 
he got a call it was right around signing day and Vanderbilt said hey like we want you to come play for us and you you got to let us know right away and because th- these aren't going to hang around these scholarships aren't going to hang around forever we we've got these offers out there's more it's like kind of like how airplane seating used to work or i guess still kind of works where you sell more seats than are on the plane and what that means is that these guys have it's a first come first serve whoever wants the scholarship you're the one that's going to get it you might not necessarily be the better player now of course some strings can be pulled but if all things are relatively equal it is kind of a first come first serve basis so that maybe have been a little bit of what was going on here and you, you you're starting to learn a little bit more and more about that with, with college football recruiting but this there might be another spot opening up in, in terms of linebackers because of Juan Wallace's yeah. decision to go into the transfer portal too so that's a whole nother wrinkle to think about this because it seems like there might be another linebacker Jason Henderson's been a name that's been floated around as a priority linebacker people love him right so maybe he's another one that could be coming in but you've gotten a lot of defensive players so far in this cycle and and Rune's just the next one in line here yeah that's what I was gonna say is I feel very good about the defensive side of the ball and I guess I shouldn't even say that because I really like Kendall Long and Josh Huff and and Landon Morris, depending on where he plays. But, you know, I like both sides of the ball. I I like a lot of these recruits that Syracuse are getting. But defensively, to me, and we're in the early stages here, and it felt like last cycle definitely started a lot slower than this cycle, especially in terms of just the quantity and the number of recruits that came in during this time period. You'd have to go back, but... They were stuck at three recruits for a while, and and really it felt like even into June maybe they were at that number and and lagging behind some of these other schools in the ACC. This is up to 10 now by adding Matthew and Rune. I think that's a good point that Rune, you know, they probably approached him. This is speculation a little bit, but Stephen Bailey alluded to it in his article, and they said, hey, Matthew's committing, and, you know, if you want your spot – now is probably kind of the time and maybe they not put the pins on him i'm sure they went about it in a nice way because he is a highly rated guy that they want him to come to syracuse but rune is probably going about this thinking syracuse is my top school and i feel good about it i feel obviously good enough to commit but he definitely was thinking in his head i kind of want to commit now because they've already got a lot of linebackers and i i will say the defensive side of the ball is off to a good start and that's good to see because they have a new defensive coordinator and you add guys like chip west for the very reason to get better prospects on that side of the ball which has been lagging behind i i really like the way that it was laid out too in the syracuse.com article by stephen bailey how the family thing that syracuse preaches to these guys is a reciprocal thing it's we're interested in you becoming a part of our family but we're interested in your family as well. Not just you, but your family. He laid it out on the how on the Zoom conferences that he had, they would, and we kind of heard this too from Derek McDonald, but they're interested in how's your mom? How's your dad? Like, what are their interests? We don't just care about you. We're accepting your entire family into our family. Yeah. And I find that very interesting because he's had a lot of other coaches, they just care about me. They just care about what I can bring to them, not exactly what my entire family can bring. So I found that very, very interesting. Another thing that I think is worth noting with him 
is that we mentioned the only other power five offer he had was Arizona State. He doesn't have an in-state offer from the two powerhouses yeah. out of the Big Ten, Michigan and Michigan State. Those very well could come. So there may be some battles. I know we kind of talked about this with Hayden Nelson, too, how Wisconsin showed a little interest but didn't give him the offer yet. Probably going to get that Wisconsin offer, much like how Rune is probably going to get an offer from either Michigan or Michigan State, at least one of them you'd imagine, for a guy in-state and of the caliber that he is. But that that's just another little wrinkle to keep on the in the back of your mind for how this whole 2021 cycle develops. It feels like any team would probably say this, especially when you're kind of of the caliber of Syracuse, but I do feel like a lot of these players that Syracuse has gotten already are probably going to continue to get looks from some quote-unquote bigger-name schools. And in the case of Hayden Nelson, I mean, he was pretty outspoken when we had him on the podcast. You can go back and listen to it. And he kind of said 100% at Syracuse. And I know other teams are going to be courting me. And it sounded like he even talked with the coaching staff about that. So I feel pretty confident in him after having him on and everything and his sort of allegiance to Syracuse. And we I have no idea about Austin Rune. It seems like he's definitely all in on the orange right now. And like all these guys are. But I think we are going to see a good amount of that because some of these bigger name schools, they're not really throwing out flyers yet to an underrated guy because the ratings aren't up to their caliber and the ratings aren't getting maybe as quickly up as normal because this coronavirus and everything. So maybe Austin Rune will continue to rise. Like we saw Jalen Moss, he took a yeah, big he took a jump. huge jump huge jump yeah, in he, the ratings he went from a guy who we thought was in the lower end of this recruiting class to now he's like in the top three i want to say exactly um, like that's the type of of jump he made uh, one more thing on rune before we we move on yeah. to matthew just from watching his tape i mean this guy is an absolute bruiser because you see his tape again these huddle guys or these tapes that you see on huddle usually have stuff on both sides of the ball so as a defensive side on the defensive side as a linebacker i mean he's running through guys he i mean that's what he wants to do he wants to run through you and then on the offensive side you see him as a fullback and he is just running through guys once again on that side of the ball kind of reminds me a little bit of ryan guthrie and yeah, I remember like Ryan Guthrie, he was a JUCO guy, transferred to Syracuse, and then ended up becoming an all-ACC second-teamer in his senior season. That's kind of the guy he reminds me of. So could could be good things ahead for Austin Rune. Very, very excited about Austin Rune and the highest-rated player so far. We don't know if that'll stand on 24-7 sports, but an exciting get for Syracuse. Malik Matthew, also an exciting get. We'll get into him in a little bit, but first... I want to tell you about a very special offer from our friends over at Built Bar. We've been talking about the Built Bars and all the great flavors. Well, they also have the Built Boost Energy Drinks, which are great. They came in our original packet tie, and they've got some great flavors in here. The Strawberry Vanilla I tried was really good. And this Memorial Day Monday, only on Monday, you got to go today, the Built Boost are free. These Built Boost Energy Drinks, the little tablets you can add to your drink to spice it up a little bit no caffeine in them zero calories good natural energy boost for you and that's free right now on memorial day monday just add water 
is the, what, what you're going to do to get yourself some nice refreshment. But on top of that, the whole week, Built Bar is rolling out the deals. They've also got, yeah. until the end of May, $5 off every box of bars, which can be used in addition to the $10 off you get when you use the promo code Locked On. So that's $15 off, Tim. And not just that, but they're rolling out some new flavors as well. I know. They just rolled out new flavors. Well, guess what? <laughs> they're always they got doing four it. new more. Peanut butter banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut pecan pie, blueberry lemon. I mean, they are going off the boards for these ones. Yeah. And I'm excited, especially for that blueberry lemon, because I'm a big fan of blueberry lemonade. I remember I got it at a restaurant one time a long time ago, and I've been hooked to that stuff ever since. Some of these flavors they come up with, it's like I've never heard the combinations before, but they're always really good, and it's almost intriguing to try them because it's just a different taste entirely. But go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, get you $10 off your first box, and you get some of those great deals this week going on all throughout the week over at BuiltBar.com. We'll talk Malik Matthew after this. Okay, time to get to linebacker number two who committed to Syracuse over the weekend. We will talk Mac Etienne and some basketball recruiting after this. But first, Malik Matthew, a New York State guy and a highly rated New York State guy. I always love to see Syracuse pull in a recruit from their quote-unquote backyard. I guess that's kind of a stretch here because he's from basically New York City. But another big win in state had offers from B.C., Buffalo, Kent State, and Rutgers and a pretty good rating on 24-7 sports kind of a little bit ahead middle of the pack now in terms of these 10 commits we're not really big ratings guys but just to give you that information if you are ratings guys I'd I'd say Malik Matthew is maybe being a little bit overlooked because I'm really excited about Austin Room but that's not fair to him because if we were doing a pod and we were just talking about Malik Matthew I'd still be really excited about him and now they've pulled in from the weekend, big Memorial Day weekend for, for Dino Babers and yeah. company, but they've pulled in two of their top five guys. So that's kind of given you a little bit of steam moving forward. And, and not just that, but Jalen Moss, we mentioned, got his huge bump too. So these guys are, are picking up steam. And I don't really understand either how Jalen Moss gets a bump. I mean, what did he do between the time that he <laughs> yeah. committed and, and didn't have much of a rating to now when he has not played a down of football? So it's probably that's a matter thing of... that just kind of blows my mind. But yeah, hey, 20, the computer's guess, always crunching, all right? Right. I guess they just, like, quote-unquote evaluated him and maybe the scouts looked into him more because there's so many guys. But I'm, I'm with you. It's a little puzzling when he makes that big of a jump and... It's not like there was a junior day or a camp or anything to really evaluate him. Right, yeah. I, I just I, find, I always find that intriguing. But Malik Matthew, this is a guy who had visited Syracuse right before the pandemic started to strike. Got his offer in February. The thing I like about him is he's very nimble. He's got a nose for the ball and a high IQ just from watching from the surface. But you could see him. He's light on his feet. And he's got very good instincts about where the ball is going to be, whether it's going to be a, a play that he drops back into coverage on. Is it going to be a play that he has to get into the backfield and make some noise there? So that's what I like about him. Very cerebral player from what I could sort of gather from his tape. And again, the, the linebackers are stacking up in this class. And, and this is a program, too, that has really committed to the linebacker position over the past couple of years, hoping... Yep. 
for Syracuse fans' sake, this is going to be an iron sharpens iron type of deal, where these guys can really, really make some some noise at the next level because they're always being pushed in practice. You know that your spot's not promised. I don't care if you're a four-star. I don't care if you're a three-star. I don't care if you're a zero-star. Your spot's not promised, and they're bringing in some really quality guys at that position. Yeah, I'm really excited about the direction of where linebacker is going. Malik Matthews, 6'3", 210. Everyone's probably thinking, as I think you and I are thinking, 210's a little light right now, but, I mean, he's only Hey, he's a, a junior. junior. Yeah, so right. he's got time. The 6'3", I like. And, again, it falls in line with how this defense is trending. They're going to need longer, taller linebackers going forward because in a 3-3-5, occasionally a linebacker is going to have to set up and play some near the line of scrimmage and be a little bit more relied on to be a run stopper in this defense given just the logistics of how the defense works out. So 6-3 is big. I think they're going to definitely shoot for 6-2 or higher going forward. Now, that's not to say they won't add someone... I mean, Lee Koba was 6'1", 6 feet in that range. If he's a four-star, he's a four-star. And also, it's a little bit different because that kind of came before the 3-3-5 was introduced. But I think we both agree, 3-3-5 is kind of ahead of the pack. And now this class is really about getting guys to fit. This is the first class where Tony White is bringing in his guys. So, you know, it might take some time with Tony White being the defensive coordinator originally, on the field because he doesn't have the right puzzle pieces exactly how he wants for the 3-3-5 defense, but they've really got to make sure they're getting players for that specific need. And I, I do feel like these recruits are really being sold on the 3-3-5, and that's helping them get some more defensive talent. Right, and, and Tony White, I will say this, he is bought a little bit of time and lenience because there is a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe it hasn't yeah. necessarily shown out all the way from what you saw last year, but when you look at a guy like Andre Sisco, that's a guy who, if he plays really well this season, very well could be a first-round pick. You've got Kingsley Jonathan, who I have always been a real big fan of. Whenever he gets his opportunity, he shines. And then Fatou Melifanwu, another great piece. The 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 linebackers that we've mentioned, they're, they've been, they, or at least they yeah. have a lot of potential with them we maybe haven't really seen it quite yet but there's definitely potential there and this 335 once you start fine-tuning the guys that you want at all these different positions that is going to certainly I mean we talk about this all the time with basketball recruit to the scheme recruit to the scheme recruit to the scheme that's kind of what we're going to start to see defensively for football too with the guys that they start bringing in yeah it's going to be really important if they can have a full camp and actually be able to to learn the three three five because it's tough given Syracuse's situation and there has been a little bit more buzz about maybe football coming back something we could probably talk about a little bit later on in the week but I do want to mention and we kind of have to mention this Syracuse there was a lot of buzz on Twitter on Sunday because they're now up to 46th overall nationally on 24-7 sports this 2021 football class remember last year they were 58 they usually hover around 55-60 and they're ahead of Alabama, if you're going off the ratings right now. <laughs> Alabama's 48, but not to play the role of Debbie Downer You don't want to poke here. the sleeping bear, Nick Saban, yeah, all right? I mean, the, the thing about that— A former and, Syracuse coach, might I add. Right, that's true. Good point. And 
I, I, I will say, 46, it's good to see. What I'm happy about is the quantity early on. But the thing is, these ratings right now are highly based on quantity. I'm someone that likes this 2021 class. I was a little disappointed, I'd say, in the 2020 class overall. And if you want to play the ratings game in terms of quality, the average rating happens to be the exact same right now. 83.99 on 24-7 sports of these 10 commits averaged out. Last year, it was 83.99 for all the 2020 commits. So I'd say don't overreact to that. I mean, A, Alabama only has five guys. They're going to get better. Alabama's going to finish ahead of Syracuse, point blank. I, I think everyone knows that. Syracuse is 12th in the ACC right now. Last year, they were 10th. It's not like this is on pace to be some record-breaking class, but it, it is kind of because it's on pace to be the best since 07. So that's good news. I just would say early on, it's all about quantity, so I wouldn't freak out over that ranking. It's ahead of the curve, and that's what you want to see. You yeah. want to see steps being taken. And that is what's happening right now with this Syracuse team. I mean, yes, they're not going to break Bama, okay? It's it's just not going to happen, okay? Alabama's already got four four-star guys. That is probably, what, two or three more than what Syracuse is going to end up with in probably. this cycle, if I had to guess. So that kind of shows you all, all you need to know about the quality versus the quantity. But... What I will say is this, I do still think some of the best is yet to come for Syracuse. There are some guys out there on the market who are a little more highly touted who could boost this ranking It's a great start. above the 83.99. But you just hope this isn't one of those situations where, I mean, obviously Nick Saban doesn't probably even know how to use the internet, but he, <laughs> I mean, he got email like a couple weeks ago. So... But I is this going to be that. one of those well, things where Nick Saban logs on to 24-7 or he, he goes on and and see, goes on to Twitter and sees all the Syracuse fans blowing up? Is this going to be his last dance situation? Is Syracuse Twitter going to be his Jerry Krause? <laughs> and he's just going to be like, that's all I needed to see. And then I wanted to kill them. And <laughs> it's like, I can't see, I can't see my former school uh, just this far ahead of me. I'm Alabama, all right? Roll Tide. Yeah, it got a little dark there, but <laughs> I I agree with you. It's it's a little it's it's ahead of the curve. I think that's a good way to put it right now because it's better than last year at this point last year, and that's all you can really hope for. And also, I mean, I do feel like they're really succeeding in this window of coronavirus in this uncertain times, yeah, no doubt, unusual territory. I mean, to have ten commits at this point. You'd think, if anything, they've had they would have less than what they've done in the years past at this point, because you'd think people will be less likely to commit, given that they are only relying on virtual tours for a lot of these scenarios. Malik Matthew did go on a junior day, but a lot of these guys we've talked to have literally been taking a leap of faith and have committed to Syracuse without going and seeing the campus. As someone who just has been a normal college student like that's a big leap of faith leap of faith to do so I, I do think they're succeeding in this little time period right now 46 is good but i would i wouldn't go crazy over it and that, that's really all i'll say to, on it anything else from you dad no i mean i mean again my stance is they are ahead of the curve right now so embrace it while you can Hopefully, it, you keep bumping up again. This is what you want to do. You want to chip away bit by bit. Last year, you were in, in the 50s. You kind of hover in the 50s for the most part. 
All right, let's get into the 40s this year. All right, that, that should be Dino Baber's approach. Just slowly, slowly chip away and start to build your brand. All right, now to talk about the age-old question. Will Syracuse basketball add a center that is a good recruit that could change the program that they've been after forever? That's now Mac Etienne. He's been getting some buzz lately. Potentially reclassifying will get you cut off on his recruitment, where it's at, and what Syracuse's chances are of landing Mac Etienne. All right, as we transition to some basketball talk here, just want to take a brief second to talk about Patrick Ewing for those that didn't see the news that came out Friday. Really some kind of scary news. He tested positive for coronavirus. Obviously the current head coach at Georgetown, and as much as we riff on Georgetown, Tyler, on this podcast, some serious news, and we give best wishes to him and his family. Absolutely. I mean, Listen, Syracuse and Patrick Ewing have had plenty of battles between the lines. But, I mean, when it comes to this pandemic that we're fighting, this virus that we're fighting, we're all on the same floor, all right? We're all united in this together. So even though, Patrick Ewing, you may be wearing the the navy and gray, we're we're still with you on this uh, from your friends who wear orange and blue. Yeah. Well, that came out Friday, so just want to take a second to talk about that because we really haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. But to get into Mac Etienne now, who is the 2021, kind of, maybe 2020, center recruit. We'll he's, he's in the 2021 class right now, but there has been some buzz about him reclassifying. 6'10", 220, currently in the 2021 class on 247sports.com, 56 nationally. That's that range that I always refer to as a, a Syracuse wheelhouse of sorts where I feel like they should be able to get him. It'd be a good get that I'd be happy with, but you know, it's not in the Duke Kentucky range, maybe per se, although he, he has had some interest from some good schools and to sort of catch you up on where things are with him. The reason why we're talking about him mostly is because there has been some Syracuse buzz and Syracuse links to him lately. He took a virtual tour with Bayheim, the whole staff, it seems like, just before the weekend and he's been taking a lot of virtual tours but the fact that he had Syracuse on his list is a good sign and another thing that is big for Syracuse is this is a guy who has already gone up and visited Syracuse and gone to a game and seen the campus whereas some other schools that are now into him he also took virtual tours with Kansas and UCLA those two in particular I'm pretty sure he has not visited Illinois is another one that he had a virtual tour with over the weekend feels like they're a pretty strong contender and he has seen the Illinois campus so where Syracuse is at right now I wouldn't say they're favorites I wouldn't say they're like gonna get a crystal ball in the the next day yeah Yeah, but but they're but they're in position to maybe get a guy that they've been after for a while and I think what's really intriguing to me about this pro this whole process and kind of this getting reignited with Mac Etienne is the thought of him reclassifying because you got to think that would be a huge, huge thing to land him for 2020. And, I mean, if they could bring in Alan Griffin and get his waiver passed and then Mac Etienne for 2020, that'd be about as good of an offseason as you could really ask for. Not just an offseason, but late stage of the offseason. Yeah. So the things that you need to consider here, reclassification, which we've hit on, and the fact that Syracuse has two scholarships left. Now, will they use them? 
Who knows? That's that's the million dollar question right now. And we asked Matthew Gutierrez last week, and if you missed that, go check out that podcast because he had a lot of good things to say just about recruiting and the future of Syracuse in general. But he kind of feels that they're not going to add. But Mackey Etienne is obviously a guy who you, you'd be interested in adding, even if it is in this 2020 class. Reclassification, I mean, listen... We know Barama Sidibe came on strong at the end of the year last year, and, and Jesse Edwards flashed some some moments of brilliance, and John Bolajak has four years of eligibility left. But if I'm Mac Etienne, and I'm looking at playing time as a potential factor, I'm looking at that, and I'm I'm not that phased. Like yeah. there are worse situations to go into. Look at Illinois. If you're going, to, this is under the reclassification guidelines, of course. No reclassification completely changes the game here, but sure. Illinois, all right? Looks like Kofi Coburn is probably going back to school. You're not going to play over Kofi Coburn. Like, there is no shot. This is a guy who was one of the best centers in the Big Ten in a conference that was breeding centers last year. So, yeah. hmm, Picked the wrong might, orange. 2021, okay. Yeah, you maybe feel good because they don't have a big man in that class yet. But 2020... Uh, your playing time is a little up in the air. But Syracuse, while your playing time isn't guaranteed, there's definitely a path to getting said playing time. And not just that, I think kind of the the way to look at this, if I'm Mac Etienne, is you could kind of be like Tyler Lydon in terms of the way that you slide into to your playing time. Freshman year, you get a good amount of minutes, you gain some valuable experience, and then your sophomore year, you really boom. And work your way into being like a, potentially a first-round pick. Like, obviously, who had the high, higher ceiling by the time that Tyler Lydon was a freshman? Tyler Lydon or Daywan Coleman? It was pretty clear that Tyler Lydon was eventually going to be the superior player. And in this case, he was the superior player yeah. by the time he got to his sophomore year. But with Etienne, it's kind of the same thing. Who's got the higher ceiling when you step onto campus? Yes, it's definitely ETN, okay? Barama Sidibe might be better for the right then and now, but long-term, you know this is going to be where ETN can really shine. Yeah, Illinois and Syracuse have kind of been after him the longest of these teams that I mentioned. Also has offers Iowa, UConn, and he's he's a Connecticut guy, actually Suffield Academy, which is the same school as Justin Barron. If that name sounds familiar, 2020 football commit. And I think he has been talking to Matt Gietian and is pretty friendly with him. So maybe that'll help things in, in trying to push him to come to Syracuse. When you watch his tape, kind of plays like almost a point guard. He's just 6'10", 220. And this is someone who's kind of a late bloomer in terms of rankings and getting these offers and rising up, which... I think speaks to the potential that he does have, but I really do like the way he's able to run the floor, kind of different to any big Syracuse has had recently. And it's it's funny that you bring up Kofi when you're talking about Mac Etienne situation because that's a perfect example of someone who Syracuse has missed on at the center position. And we constantly talk on this podcast about the center and why it's so important because they could land Dior Johnson, or they already have. They could get him to come and they could maybe land Chance Wester or Zion Cruz to go with them, and maybe Benny Williams is on his way. Who knows? But to me, like that's all great. The cherry on top of maybe getting Syracuse back to where we all want Syracuse basketball to be is landing that center, and that's going to be the biggest recruit 
and really the next two, three years. Whenever they land that center that makes you stop and go, he can start, like an Isaiah Stewart would have been. That's going to be the recruit that matters almost as much as D.R. Johnson maybe matters to Syracuse. I don't care if he's 50 spots lower in the rankings because that's how important getting that center is. And I do think Mac could come in and make an impact right away. Yeah, I, I like that right there. And just to give you a, a little context for the thirst for that center, Mac Etienne would be the highest rated big this program pulled in since Chris McCullough back in 2014. Yeah. So it's been a little over half a decade since they've got one of these really high-profile centers. So when you, you mix all that together, uh, he he would change this, uh, just maybe the not the perception of Syracuse big men, but he's definitely a different kind of big man than what they've gotten in the past. I mean, this is a guy who, th- he's a skilled big. He's not a project. You look at what he can do. He reminds me a lot, and, and maybe it's the hair, I don't know, but... He reminds me a lot of Joakim Noah. He's just the skill yeah. big, good rebounder, good interior defender, can pass the ball. Those are all things that Joakim Noah did in the college level and in the pro level. He runs the floor well, too. The one difference is Mac Etienne has been working on a long-range jumper. I don't think Joakim Noah and his tornado shot was ever going to hit anything out of no. like outside of like eight feet because he, he was a hook shot or, or bust type of guy. But <laughs> yeah. One other little interesting tidbit that I stumbled upon, too, with Mac Etienne is that uh, about a month ago, he did an interview with Rivals, and he spoke pretty highly of Syracuse and his relationship with Jerry McNamara, Coach Red, Jim Beheim, and was definitely talking about how close he was with GMAC. But on top of that, this is the thing that's interesting. And we talked about this a little bit with Goody on on this uh, last week when we, we spoke with him about recruiting in the future, but Dior Johnson may not come to Syracuse, but he's going to leave an imprint on this program somehow, and Dior has been in his ear and recruiting him pretty hard. Yeah. So that's a whole nother thing. He was at the Duke game with Dior as well, so big fan of the atmosphere of the Dome and everything, and... I mean, all, all these things do matter. So that that's a, just another little tidbit to, to throw your way and maybe dangle the carrot a little more in front of Syracuse fans. There's definitely at least some interest. I mean, if you're doing that Zoom call, who knows to the extent, but based on what he said in the past too, like you said, I, I'd say Syracuse has a shot here. So we'll continue to monitor Mac Etienne. That's going to wrap up today's show. We'll be here every single weekday on Locked on Syracuse. And tomorrow and Wednesday... Really, I would say, Ty, some of the most fun episodes we've done since we started up this podcast. And one of the no doubt better interviews we've had. And that's no disrespect to all the guys we've had on because doing the interviews is something we really love. But Eric Devendorf joins the show, one of my all-time Evo. favorite Syracuse basketball players. And, you know, he kind of let loose a little bit in the back half of our interview. And it was just a really fun chat with him, kind of reminiscing on the six-overtime game and some of his bigger moments. And I think you'll learn some things about Devo that you didn't know before. And just a great guy to talk to. Yep, that that was so much fun. Devo's the man. And, I mean, you see him all out in the community right now doing his little training videos. We also talked with him this is the interesting stuff, too, for Syracuse fans because he's been training Buddy Bayheim, and he thinks there's another gear in Buddy Bayheim that we're going to see. Yeah, that was that was a good chat for sure. So be sure to check that out over the next two days. Two-part interview dropping tomorrow. 
on Tuesday here on Locked On Syracuse. But that's going to do it for today. After this podcast, feel free to check out Locked On ACC, all the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. But until then, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow with Eric Devendorf.